Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're listening to Carrie Lutz's Financial Survival Network, where you get valuable information you just can't find anywhere else. To thrive in today's trying times, you need the Financial Survival Network now more than ever. Go to FinancialSurvivalNetwork.com and get your free newsletter and gift. Financial Survival Network now more than ever. Welcome. You are listening to watching the Financial Survival Network. I'm your host, Kerry Lutz. Well, just got interviewed by a very interesting person, and I'm returning the favor. His name is Charles Carrillo, and a fellow uh, Northeasterner, led to Florida a number of years back, and he is the proprietor of Harborside Partners, and you can go over to harborsidepartners.com and get the latest info. Charles, the founder, managing partner of Harborside, done a lot of real estate, since 2006 and uh, you passively invest in many different asset classes so we're thrilled to have you on um tell us what is your philosophy about investing i like investing in inflation resistant industries that are also tax efficient and that's kind of one thing that uh real estate really checks a lot of those boxes um, so it's one thing that I've been involved with for many years. My father was involved with it for many years before that kind of got me into it, but I got into much better properties than my dad was much more in, let's say, um, properties you might consider a slumlord might own. Yeah. Well, we <laughs> both share that in common. Although my father built his places, but they turned into slums quickly because they weren't yeah. good neighborhoods. Yeah. He uh, ignored the principle, the first rule first three rules of real estate, right? Location, location, location. <laughs> exactly. Hey, what's the best investment you ever made? I bought an apartment complex um, completely vacant in December of 2009. And uh, within 90 days, I was able to get it fully rented out. But I paid 28 cents on the dollar from what it had sold uh, two years before. You bought it distressed, huh? Yeah, right from the bank. 
and I was able to go into the bank, give them a 30% lower offer. It's been sitting on the market for many months. I think it was like 150 days, 120 days. Um, then I, they're like, you know, best and final. So I added a couple percent to that and I got the property. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Well, those deals are available on those multifamilies because uh, a lot of times the developers are undercapitalized or something happens. There's community opposition, they'll inspection, something like that. And they wind up uh, having to walk away from the property. And then the bank, banks hate these are called the Rio departments, right? Mm -hmm. Rio, real estate owned. Banks hate that uh, because they're lousy real estate managers, they have enough problems just getting paid on their Visa and MasterCard bills. And so they uh, basically wind up dumping the pro property at a substantial discount. So how do you find those deals? Uh, back in, well, back in 2009, you could find those just on the market. You just, you can pull up MLS and find them, you know what I mean? But um, it was, uh, you could go to commercial brokers and find them. I mean, it was all over. Banks banks weren't lending at all. And it was, it's, you know, it's a catch 22 because when I finished the property and I went back to refinance it, the bank literally would give me like a loan to value of 10%, not a different bank, but a local bank I've been working with for many years literally would give me a 10% loan to value on it if I did it through because I had to buy it with the cash. That's the key. You know what I mean? So, but it was just something that, I mean, not many people had money, and you can't get it from regular lenders. And that's when the prices, as we said, you know, go down 70%, even more. So you really had an opportunity mindset because in 2009, many of us out there, many of you thought the uh, world was ending, that the uh, economy was going to collapse, the dollar would collapse. And here we are 14 years later, none of that's happened. Yeah, it's. Uh, I was 25 at the time, so I wouldn't say I was uh, very. You know, it, it was just more of. Not, oh, I didn't know what I didn't know, but I had this is my third property, and I had um, two other properties a block or two away, and uh, they were fully rented. People are fully paying for them, and all this stuff, you know. And I bought again at the end. You know, previously before this, the last time I bought was at October. I think it was October 1st, 2008. So that's like two months after Lehman, two months before it made off. And I didn't, I, you know, I just didn't know what was happening. But the thing that happened that kind of held me back is when prices started going up in 2011, I was like, oh, this is crazy. This is like insane. <laughs> you start looking at properties because you're like, you know, I was just buying here. Like what's really changed? These lenders aren't even really opening up that much. And so um, it was a very weird time those couple of years. Hey, well, so the old saying uh, where, uh, where wise men fear to go, fools dare to enter, right? <laughs> <laughs> But you aren't the fool they were. And uh, that goes back to Warren Buffett. Uh, he likes to invest when there's blood in the streets, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Old Rothschild should quote, yeah. Mm. So where do you see your investments taking you at present time where cap values, even on the least desirable properties you can imagine, are basically through the floor? They're extremely low We've had this unprecedented money printing boom where everybody has gotten into it who possibly could. Um, you're still looking for things there or are you looking to be a seller? Uh, so last year in the beginning of 2022, um, sold one, two, three. I sold that property I just, just talked about. I sold three other uh, and four other properties. So sold five properties last year, uh, two of which had in, um, had investors with and, uh, uh, the other ones were owned by myself. And so it was just, 
a lot of selling going on at the beginning of 2022 and kind of saw, I mean, what was happening. Uh, we were going through a weird point in 2022 when a lot of, you know, a lot of these properties were, they were all C-class properties. So a C-class is properties where you have people that are, you know, working people, but it is a, um, they might not have the most stable of income and jobs. And there was a, still a lot of COVID money being sent to these tenants. And we kind of saw the writing on the wall where this was not going to end well. And in the last two quarters, really, of 2022, a lot of that money dried up and it just ended. And I guess tenants had forgotten that they used to pay their rent prior to March 2020. So it was something that um, we had, we experienced a little bit on one of our properties that we're selling actually right now. Um, but it was just for sure, anybody that was undercapitalized, as you mentioned earlier, which is like one of the huge things that people don't think of when they're buying property, they say, oh, with property's a million dollars, I need you know $200,000 to put down on it and that's it. Well, there's so much more. You really need like 400,000 if you're gonna do any work to it and have a reserve and all this stuff. And people don't like that it cuts into the returns. And um, But it's just something that it's really the tried and true way of being successful in the business is really long-term debt, uh, long-term fixed debt if you want to, you know, on your first property, if you're, you know, to be safe uh, and then have your reserves and, um, you know, buy in landlord-friendly areas. It's very important because my first properties were in Connecticut, uh, not landlord-friendly at all. And it was, you know, down here when I moved to Florida in 2012, you know, people paid rent on the first because that's when late fees started. In Connecticut, late fees don't start until the 11th of the month. So instead of picking up rent in the first, you're trying to pick it up on the 10th and it just makes it much more, much harder. And then evictions drag on for many months. I mean, you're from New York. You must know landlords that went through this fun. I remember my father uh, in Linden, New Jersey. Linden, oh wow. Got, uh, almost got uh, put in jail for contempt in an eviction proceeding because the judge said, <clears throat> Mr. Lutz, it's Christmas and uh, we can't put him out on the street. And my father said, who's going to pay the rent? Your Honor, are you? <laughs> that almost landed him in jail. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Florida, Arkansas, like you can put somebody Arkansas. in jail for not paying rent. Places like uh, Mississippi and Alabama and uh, Texas, all these are landlord-friendly jurisdictions. Oklahoma, right? A lot of them. But stay away from the communist areas of the country, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and the landlord friendly thing is just, it doesn't mean that the landlords have a leg up. It means that it levels the playing field for the landlords. I mean, that means that if you're having issues with something in your apartment, your landlord should be taking care of that. They should be fixing it. They should be communicating with you. It's a legitimate maintenance request, not like you just want new stuff in your apartment that's not broken. Um, it should be, you know, it should they should go there and they should work with you to get it fixed. But it's also something where I would tell tenants, it's a two-way road. You know what I mean? You, you know, you're going to pay rent on this time. I'm going to fix what's going on. I'm going to fix problems. You're going to pay rent here. If one person doesn't do that or one party ceases to do that, then we have to part our ways. Yeah. But the problem is when you're up north in these states, tenant-friendly states, um, it doesn't go that way. Well, look, uh, if you file a warranty of habitability claim in Florida or one of the landlord-friendly jurisdictions, or it will say, okay, you don't have to pay your rent, but you got to pay it into court. Yeah. And... You're not getting a free ride. Just to do that would go a long way to getting rid of many, many landlord-tenant disputes. And a warranty of habitability is uh, the place is flooding, the uh, refrigerator doesn't work, or whatever. 
there's a major problem leading to a constructive eviction. You can't have it, inhabit the place. Um, during COVID, though, where people like just stop paying rent, uh, how bad was that for you? Don't just survive, thrive. The Financial Survival Network. Fury Gold Mines is a Canada-focused exploration and development company committed to aggressively growing its scalable, high-grade gold assets with major drill campaigns planned across its 3.5 million ounce portfolio. Fury is led by a management team of proven explorers and developers with a track record of success in advancing and financing project development. Fury Gold Mines is well-positioned to create value for investors with low-risk development growth and the potential for a new major discovery. Fury Gold Mines trades on the TSX and NYSE American under the ticker F-U-R-Y. To learn more, go to furygoldmines.com. That's furygoldmines.com. This is the Financial Survival Network, the information you need to thrive now more than ever. For uh, for some of our properties, because um, what we focus on now, what we've been doing for the last few years is just buying in your B minus and above properties. So these are people that are a little bit more well, uh, well off with you know, a little bit better jobs that people that care about their credit and keep people that are planning on buying a house at some point in the near future. That's what their plan is. Uh, so you're getting much more professional tenants that um, kind of know exactly, you know, they're they're treating it like it's their own house. When we were in COVID, we had a lot of C-class properties. And for the most part, it wasn't that bad. Um, the government shut down a lot of industries, but we had a lot of essential workers that worked in our property. So it was really very interesting because it's it was a different mindset than going through 2008 with people that weren't paying. Number one, that you had the government come out, say you couldn't evict people that weren't paying, but I still had to make payments to the bank for the mortgages. Um, but we still had collections in most cases, uh, very 85% plus. Um, we did really well in our collections. A couple units I had in Connecticut, funny enough, um, I had some tenants that went out one year without paying rent. Oh. And the only way we were able to get them out was that, well, number one, I had debt on those properties that wasn't government guaranteed. So the government could not enforce their, hey, we're financing this for you. You have to go by our rules. Right. And I had to get a letter from my bank to bring to my attorney. I sent to my attorney so we went to court, he could show it. And then one of our tenants, another ten one of those tenants, um, you know, he wasn't even inhabited anymore. He actually was getting so cocky after a year of not paying rent, he stopped paying electricity, turned it off and had to go back to me. So I was paying electricity as well. And when we showed the electric bills or my attorney showed those electric bills to the judge, then they said, you don't even live there anymore. And that was done. And the only way he would agree after all that, the only way he agreed to leave is that um, if I didn't go after him for damages, which is like, you know, blood from a stone. It's, it's just a waste, but. Sure. No, I understand. I understand. So uh, looking forward, do you think we're going to get to the point where there'll be these uh, empty developments that you can just walk into for a song and uh, really turn around? I mean, I, I think, you know, it's just going to be a very interesting year because we have a lot of, there's a lot of floating rate debt that is coming due in commercial real estate. And when you have it a year and a half ago or so that LIBOR was literally nine basis points and now it's over five, um, that's changing when those rate caps come up, if anybody has them, um, there are going to have to be some heavy negotiating between lenders and borrowers. And there's going to be some really, some really strong conversations because you're going to have to see what they're going to do. Are they going to take a bath on that? Those lenders, are they going to put them into more of a fixed longer term debt, um, at similar rates? Maybe their, their margins a little bit more, um, narrowed. 
I mean, it's, uh, it just depends on what's going to happen. But at that point, we'll really see what lenders do. If they start foreclosing on them, um, and they've already done that. I was reading an article last uh, last week about uh, four complexes worth almost a quarter billion dollars in Houston that were taken over by a large lender out of Boston. So it's, you know, some are taking it back and they're not going to work with the, with the borrowers on there. But it really depends on that because that really changes the whole dynamic. And then with all the bank failures we have now, a lot of regional banks are not going to be opening up. And regional banks are huge lenders for real estate. It's not... Yeah. Most most real estate investors aren't going to Wells Fargo for money. You know, maybe if you have this huge development somewhere or something like this, you're good. You know, you're going to go and get money from them. But for most investors, it's you're going to be going to your regional, your local credit union, your local bank in your area um, with a small team of three people on the credit committee that make that decision. And if they're kind, if they're you know, if they're tightening their standards, their credit. It just makes it harder for everyone involved with that because uh, prices will go down. It's going to come back to the same thing with people have money in these times. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. Uh, the regional banks, definitely there's a scare. The money's shifting to the money center banks, and then they're giving it to the regional banks to stabilize them, right? So it's a big <laughs> uh, daisy chain, and I guess they're getting they're getting some profit there as a result of it as well. Um, so... We're going to have a mess shortly, especially commercial. Would you touch a commercial property at this point, an office building, anything like that? No, I just, you know, when you see the vacancies going, I've never invested into into office space. Um, I had one property that was a mixed use with one small office slash store in the, you know, and it was, it was less than 5% of the square footage of the building. So I wouldn't really consider that an office building, but I would never touch an office building. And I think, you know, it's just uh, a very difficult um, it's very difficult time because you're going to have to repurpose a lot of those properties and the prices are going to have to come way down for them to be repurposed. And this just isn't small investors that are getting atta- uh, that are getting caught up in this rate increase. You have lots of REITs and lots of large, large investors that are getting caught up in it and giving keys back to properties. Yeah, I've, I've read about that. And the shopping centers are a disaster. I think about the only thing you could use them for is... Uh, potentially future Tesla assembly plants. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, they, yeah, they'll get repurposed into that. <laughs> That's about the only thing. What do you do with an old mall? Basically, you knock it down, you know? Yeah, no, you, there's not much. You leave it, and then the trees, they have those pictures of ghost malls, like in Ohio and the Midwest, and they like they just closed the doors. The trees were there, everything. They didn't do anything, and the trees like grew all over, and then they died all the indoor landscaping, it's quite depressing. So what about the concept of buying single family homes for investment, whether it's rental, Airbnb, whatever, you a a proponent of that? I I don't, I've never done a short-term rental myself personally. So it's not something that I will invest into um, at this point, especially with other people's money. It's something that, you know, there's, there's higher returns, but also you have a lot more you know, we, we've, we're in a shorting, we're in a housing shorting, um, shortage here in the United States. So you're not going to have people coming into your apartment complex that was built 20 or 30 years ago. You have the government coming in and telling you, nope, you can't, you can't rent anymore because they need all that housing. Okay. The problem with short-term rentals is that it can go on a whim with your local government and they can say, we're going to limit it. We're going to limit how many, there's not going to be permits. There's now, we don't do this anymore or, you know, they can do whatever they want. And it's not going through a federal level. It's going through literally some 
part-time aldermen are making the decision that who, you know, who's going to get these permits or how they're going to do it because they're getting backlash from some of the residents that can't buy houses. So for me, that's not something, I know a lot of people that make a lot of money doing it, but, and I've just got, somebody just asked me to invest into their short-term rental fund that they're putting together to buy 400 of them. And, uh, you know, I politely uh, declined to invest into it. First of all, it's not something I 100% understand, and I don't like all the government intervention with it. Um, it is nice on the other side, though, that you can sell them one by one, and it's pretty, pretty liquid. However, most people I talk to in the Airbnb scene, they don't get deals on their houses. They're, since they're getting a higher return, supposedly when they're renting it, right, versus a 12-month lease, which is what we do, they're getting, you know, a one-week lease or a two-day lease. And so it is, um, they will overpay for the properties and they won't cash flow on the 12 months. If I found something that cash flowed on 12 month and you did it as a short-term rental, that's a different story, but it's a very hot asset class. You have a lot of people that are overpaying to get good properties that they can, um, you know, rent out. All right. And... Uh... Okay, I think it answered that question pretty well. So, uh, is there any class that uh, you're looking for that uh, is not obvious to the general real estate investor that you think uh, we should uh, be aware of? Um, I would suggest when, you know, if anybody's looking to get into real estate investing, um, one of the mistakes I made, and I think a lot of other people, like my father and your father sounds like, uh, buying better places, buying better areas, um, you're going to overpay for them. It's going to be difficult. You're not going to see, when you're doing like your numbers, you're not going to see these huge returns that brokers are showing you for buying some place in like a, a D or C minus area. However, the management's easier. Um, these properties will not only cash flow, they're going to appreciate. So whatever you're buying, you can make money in all different types of asset classes uh, within real estate, single family and you know everything, larger apartment complex, which we focus on because of more of the scale. And with the scale, it allows you to get your pricing and your costs down. If you're looking to get into single family houses and buy multiple of them, or buy smaller multifamily complexes. What I did when I started buying is I bought them all very close to each other, literally four tenths of a mile. And, and so it was very simple to manage. And when I brought a third party manager into that, they took it over, they gave me a good rate on it because the guy wasn't driving, you know, 15 minutes this way, 15 minutes this way, it's all contained. And so just to be strategic, if that's your goal is buying smaller rentals to rent out and build extra income and wealth and everything else that we like about real estate. But um, you just have to be strategic when you're doing that and you have to think long term, uh, is this area going to appreciate? And also, um, you know, you want to be buying places that logistically you can get people to manage your handyman that you're paying hourly to do stuff uh, that they can go back between them easily. Yeah. You get that economy of scale. Right. Exactly. Well, I know you take on accredited investors. How's that work? So we work with accredited and also non-accredited investors that we have a relationship with. So people that have reached out to us that we've spoken to. But with accredited investors, if you are interested in passively investing into real estate, um, we focus on multifamily complexes, 100 plus units, and we're buying throughout the Southeast. Right now we have holdings, um, uh, Florida, Tampa, Atlanta, Dallas, um, and these these uh, areas that are growing throughout the Southeast that we really like. Uh, we don't buy properties that are older than the mid 80s. Um, and uh, when we work with them, we are able to you can get on a call with myself or one of my partners and uh, we'll keep you in the loop on deals that we're working on. And we also have a free guide on passive investing if you're interested. All right. Excellent. Well, we appreciate you coming on. Hey, if you've got a question for Charles or uh, question for myself, shoot me an email, kl at kerrylutz.com. And uh, hey, there's a link to 
in the show notes to Charles's company, Barberside, and you just click it, and that'll take you right over to his site, and uh, I should say it's harborsidepartners.com. And uh, hey, while you're at the site, sign up for your free newsletter. Charles, been a pleasure. Look forward to having you back on again. Thanks a lot, Carrie. Thanks for listening to Carrie Lutz's Financial Survival Network, your solution to today's trying times. For the latest, go to FinancialSurvivalNetwork.com. Financial Survival Network, now more than ever. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.